Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life, and I'm Katie Sewell. I'm a public radio professional. I've been in the business nearly 20 years, though I did do something a little different. A few years ago, I quit my job as the senior producer of a daily two-hour morning show, and I moved to Rome for a year. That's where this show began, as I bumbled my way through my first expat experience, alongside Tiffany Parks. Tiffany is my co-host. She's a childhood friend and an expat living in Rome for about 12 years. She's also a writer, with her first book, Midnight in the Piazza, coming out in March 2018. Well, now I'm back in Seattle, and Tiffany is still in Rome, and we're still exploring, and, well, if you're me at least, you're frequently struggling. This show is a journey. For all of you explorers of the world, traveling or living abroad, permanently or temporarily, reminiscing about when you lived in a different culture, or looking for the next chapter after getting home, I hope you enjoy our company and the international authors, journalists, and expats that join us as guests. If you've never heard the show before, I encourage you to go back to the beginning and come along for the whole journey. Or jump around as soon as you get a sense of things. Most of all, we're really glad you're here. Welcome to Rome. This is The Bittersweet Life with Katie Sewell and Tiffany Parks. Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell, and I am currently in my car driving. Yes, I am holding a phone while I drive. I know. Sorry, I I try not to do it. But I am driving to go see Tiffany, who has successfully arrived in the United States, in her old hometown of Seattle. And we are going to catch up with her in just a few minutes. But since I am recording this into a voice memo, who knows? Maybe we will hear from her right now. I'm Tiffany Parks, and I am at the house of the incredible, brilliant novelist and memoirist Suzanne Morrison, waiting impatiently for the arrival of my co-host and partner in crime, Katie Sewell, who is stuck in traffic. Hurry, Katie, hurry. Katie Sewell sitting here above the freeway in Seattle after spending over an hour's worth of time trying to get to where Tiffany currently is, which granted is closer than in Rome, but it is in Seattle, meaning that the traffic was so awful, um, I just spent over an hour just trying to get around a lake to where our good old friend Suzanne from our youth lives and where Tiffany, Claudio, and her baby Aurelio are staying. Finally, finally at last made it, and uh, we are about to get out of the car and say hello to Tiffany Parks. Yes, that's right, your co-host, live from Rome, here in Seattle, for two brief days. So, let us go uh, accost her. I'm just as excited as could be, although a little bit more enraged than I might have been had I not just sat for an hour in traffic. Thanks, Seattle. I'm actually taping. How are you? 
I am so happy to be in Seattle. It is unreal. I'm just sitting out here in front of Lake Union, looking out at the float planes and the sailboats and watching the helicopters fly overhead and breathing in that fresh evergreen air. And I'm just so happy to be here. Does it look the same, what you've seen so far? It, it feels busier, but I don't know if that's just because I'm so aware of planes and trucks and, and helicopters now because I have a little boy who is obsessed with them. So I notice them now. So maybe it's just me. Uh, but I haven't seen much of the city since I've gotten here. But I'm just, oh, I feel like I've come home, really. I know that sounds so corny, but it's true. Well, you know, there are a thousand people, they say a thousand people a week move to Seattle now. So it is busier. A thousand people a week? We are a boomtown right now. So, how did you come to arrive? Is everything okay? Travel's been good? We have been having incredible travel luck, knock on wood. Everything's been going off without a hitch, as far as the travel part. Our flight was on time, we, everything went smoothly. I'm not suffering from any jet lag. It is incredible. Incredible. I have no jet lag. And even more incredible, I really doesn't seem to have any jet lag. Well, maybe it's because you're coming this way. Do you think it'll be worse going back? I feel like coming this way is easier. I do too. I'm sure it'll be worse going back, but the fact that a not even two-year-old kid who has serious sleep issues is sleeping through the night at the right time is just incredible to me. I don't know how it's happening, but I just want it to keep happening. Yeah. What was your first moment of action coming to Seattle? We went to Ivers on the waterfront. Describe what it is. Ivers is a classic... It's officially fast food, but it's not what you would think of as fast food. It's very good, very high quality fried fish and chips, basically. And it's right on the waterfront in Seattle, right by the ferry dock. Uh, I used to take the ferry out to Bainbridge Island and then on to the Olympic Peninsula when my dad used to live over there. So it's kind of a nostalgic area of town for me. And there's lots of seagulls and Aurelia was very happy about that. And Come on in. This is Suzanne. I'm just wondering if you guys want to come have your picture taken really quickly. By who? The photographer out there. Who is that person? Is that person <laughs> taking pictures right now on my lawn. Um, okay. Hi, Aurelia. Sure, why not? We should probably do a photo anyway because we need one of us together. Yeah. Although we need to do it in Rome. But we could have one here too. Not? How do I look? I'm you like, I feel... Can I just say that Katie has a face and a bod that was not made for radio. <laughs> she is so incredibly gorgeous. And you probably don't have any idea of that, but Katie is so beautiful. And when I saw her walking up the steps, I was almost like, who is that smoking? Oh my God, it's Katie. <laughs> <laughs> wow, thank you. And here I spent the last six hours in the car. So I feel good about that. Thank you. You look gorgeous. Thanks. Oh, great. Let's go get a picture taken then. Live in Seattle. And that's Suzanne, who we'll introduce to you more later. Hi, again. It's Katie. It's Tiffany. Can you say Aurelio? And <laughs> our good friend, who you've heard referred to so many times on this podcast. I'm Suzanne. Yay! Hi. Look, we're all in the same room. And we were just having uh, Aurelio was eating dinner, and he was learning a new word. Aurelio, what is this? What's this, honey? What's this? No, no. No, no. Oh, what is that? No silence in right Deer. Deer. <laughs> it's a deer. It's a deer. What do you think of Seattle? Say, I like it. I like it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry, we were just doing this, and I figured I'd record part of it. But I'll stop, because like Tiffany said, 
Nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll finish dinner and uh, then we're going to get the lowdown of what Tiffany was doing yesterday. Final words? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we are back. Aurelio's uh, officially in bed. Thank God. And we are still here with Tiffany in the United States in Seattle. For the first time since we began this podcast. Right. Incredible, isn't it? Since we started this podcast, how many years ago? Three, Three years, years ago. ago. Yeah, this is the first time I've been back to the States. And we are also here with the legendary Suzanne. Uh, Suzanne Morrison, Suzanne Morrison um, who we are going to do an official interview with before our time here in the United States is over. But if you have been a longtime listener to this show, which I know many of you have been, Suzanne is constantly referenced in passing. Tiffany's going to eat a cracker here. Also having hors d'oeuvres right now and drinking wine. This is another first for us. Tiffany has never, ever drank wine on the podcast. No, in fact, we used to drink tea while we recorded. Do you remember this? When we first started in your little loft? I have food in my mouth. Okay, it's okay. This is not unusual for you. You're right. It isn't. (laughs) (laughs) But the wine aspect is unusual. But no, this is great. I think we should do this more often. Yeah, this is the interesting thing, too. For people who are keeping tallies... There aren't any official tallies, but we should start having a cheat sheet because there are many things that happen repeatedly. One, Tiffany having something in her mouth that she's eating or drinking. (laughs) (laughs) And everybody knows that the official tally for me crying on the show is now at three, Tiffany zero. No, I don't cry. One day at least have to get her crying happy tears. But we're not here for that today. We are here to not only celebrate you getting to the United States, but there was a reason why Tiffany came to the United States beyond visiting her family and introducing her son around. And that reason happened, what, yesterday? Yes. I met with my editor and some other members from her team and my agent. And I had never met either of them before because, of course, I live far away so that was very very exciting okay hang on fill in the people who are new to the show who are these people are you an actress <laughs> <laughs> okay so for anyone who like maybe this is your first time listening i number one go back to the beginning and listen from episode one yes. if you want yes we'll wait <laughs> <laughs> all right everybody sit back Have pour another glass of wine, wine. um <laughs> first of all let's 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 pause can we introduce suzanne okay yes sure go ahead so Suzanne, we're so we talk about you all the time on this show, which you don't know because you don't listen to it. <laughs> Isn't she a jerk? But say hi, hi, and I actually do listen to it. I listen to I, I listen to it sometimes. I just I'm terrible at listening to podcasts because I just space out. But with the two of you, it's like hanging out with my friends, and so then I can't like fold laundry. I can't do all the things that people do when they're listening to things like walking or. Right. moving or whatever yeah whatever people do eating things i don't know but i can't do anything i just sit there and i'm like my friends and i get all excited and i feel like i'm in the room with you guys and it's totally unproductive because you guys have so many hours of podcasts that i would not do anything with my life i would just sit around and listen to you guys all the time hold on a second though nice. i mean <laughs> this total yeah. excuse you could fold laundry and cook dinner while we were actually sitting here like if you had a pile of laundry here we could all still talk and you'd be folding the laundry Oh, sure. So I don't understand. Well, it's actually, it's when I'm alone. I've always had this problem. Like, I tried to listen to this one Radiolab podcast that a friend sent me. I literally had to listen to it 
I think six times to actually absorb the whole thing because I, I start to drift away into my own world and I start thinking about what I'm working on. And I start like rewriting something or I start like grocery shopping in my head or whatever. And I'm like, oh, shoot, I'm supposed to be listening to the podcast. And then I rewind and I listen some more. And then like a minute or two later, I start thinking about that book I'm reading or I think, you know, it's just I really can't concentrate if it's just a voice in my ear. I really can't. It's like I just go into another world. It's like going to church, basically, honestly. Like that's what I used to do in church. I would just I make stuff up in my head. And um, with you guys, it's a little bit better because you're my friends. And so I actually do just listen. But I can't do anything else because the second I start folding laundry, that's when I start going into my own head. So would you say that you are literally a visual learner like you could not learn something if it was just in your head if i was a language tape being like hola como estas <laughs> that wouldn't work for you um i think actually when i was tested in high school i was equally visual and aural but i think that has shifted somewhat in the last 15 years like since i got really serious about my writing i think that that changed things for me a little bit i don't know how or why that you know would in any scientific way but I've just observed that I'm, I just spend a lot more time in my head. I'm just thinking a lot, I guess. <laughs> For those of you who don't know Suzanne Morrison, oh, she's yes. a writer. Her book, Yoga Bitch, Huge Sensation, is actually a memoir about her time studying yoga in Indonesia. If you haven't read it, you must go and get a copy of it because it's hilarious and also very insightful. But what I was going to say was, as a writer, is one of the reasons that you're so in your head all the time because you're constantly thinking about what you're working on? Yeah, I think so. And I also think that the second I start to relax is when problems start to solve themselves in my head, like in my work. That's pretty typical for me. Like I'll, I'll really grapple with something at my desk and it won't be coming and it won't be working. And then I'll go do something else. I'll watch TV. I'll go for a walk go to a yoga class, whatever, and all of a sudden I'll start to make associations. Oh, like that that thing I was writing about, I think that actually has something to do with this other thing I was writing about. Maybe what needs to happen is those things need to be side by side. I do think that's part of the podcast thing. Like I think I start to relax. I'm listening to a story and then I sort of drift away. And my, my husband, who's not in the room right now, <laughs> <laughs> he knows that oftentimes when we're watching television, the same thing happens where I'll be like, wait, I spaced out. We got to rewind. You know, like we got to go back. That happens fairly often where I just start to, like I said, I relax and all of a sudden the work goes a little bit better suddenly. So you don't do books on tape, I'm guessing. <laughs> no, never, never. And I kind of wish I could because I hear it's a, the best way to read Ulysses. <laughs> like I heard someone told Pam Houston, who's a great fiction writer, she told me that if you really want to read Ulysses, which is this tome by James Joyce that's somewhat impenetrable, although some people say it's the funniest thing ever, but it's usually pretentious people who say that, um, that if you really want to get into it, that there's some Irish actor, some wonderful Irish actor reads the entirety of Ulysses beautifully, and it's the best way to approach it. So I've often thought, you know, I should do that. And then, I'm, and then I actually think about who I am, like the person having that thought. And I'm like, you're insane. You're never going to, I'm never going to do that. I would get like 20 minutes in and then I would be like, oh, I'm going to go write my own book. And then I would go get back to work. If you went 20 minutes at a time, at a time, at a time, you'd still get through it. Sure, but when when did those 20 minutes happen? I mean, it would be like 80, and I'd be like, how many more 20 minutes do I have to do? Like, <laughs> ridiculous. It takes me so long. And Ulysses is really long. I don't know how many, I think it's like 18, 20 tapes or something. Hmm. I mean, if it's the 90s and it's cassette tapes, I don't know what it would be in 
the world we live in now. But I know it's long. So this is so complex because we are both avid readers. And I would both argue writers, although, you know, you're the only other one with a book coming out besides Suzanne. Hey, but at this moment. But I'm just saying, like, we cross over, but she can't cross over it into where we are. Oh. <laughs> now there's a divide. I'm putting I out a wall. I offended because Suzanne doesn't listen to the podcast. No, I'm not no, offended. I but I, I work in an art form that Suzanne can actually... She can appreciate. Oh my God, is this an intervention? What is this? <laughs> it's so hard when you don't feel understood by your closest friend. <laughs> yeah. Or appreciated. I just want you to know that Tiffany flew all this way oh, just no. to have this conversation. <laughs> and now I will never, ever be able to get over it. Okay, I'll listen to the I'll listen to the podcast. I'm going to be religious. Go back to episode one. On my calendar. I've listened to episode one. I have listened. Let it be known. I have listened to episode one. You have to move forward from episode one. <laughs> I think I've also listened to episode two, and then scattered throughout. I've listened to, to a smattering. Okay, can we're I? Up, we're up to what one sixty now? One sixty. Yeah. One sixty one. I don't know. Somewhere around. There. Yeah, literally there are people listening right now that have spent more time with us than you <laughs> ever have in our entire friendship, actually. <laughs> okay, we got to stop this. No, it's not true. It's we not true. actually want to make Suzanne feel bad. We, I just want to say we can say this and we can give her our time because she is literally one of our favorite people in the world, on the planet. And we've been friends with her. I've been friends with her since we were 14. What about you, Katie? Well, I had a problem with her for a while. So what, what would you say? 16? <laughs> yeah, I think 16. Yeah. Yeah, you had a problem with me. I didn't have a problem with you. I liked you. Well, my problem with you was just that you were so cool and I was so not cool. <laughs> Suzanne was cool. I got to say she was. Yeah. She said right on and she said and she could like get away with that. Like nobody else could get away with saying right on. You could probably get away with it still. No, and that's totally she, not cool she, anymore. Only Suzanne can get away with it. And she got away with wearing clogs as well. That's true. That's true. I mean, if you can pull off clogs and write on, you're cool. She also mythologized syphilis for everybody, like as a thing that you wanted to get. How so? Uh, well, because everybody good dies of syphilis. Yeah, that was a running joke in high school that another of our friends and I had. And we actually did it so much in our junior year English class where everybody who died, we were like, well, you know what Ezra Pound died of, right? He died of syphilis. I mean, we did this about everybody that our English teacher, um, we had this multiple choice literary history test that we had to do at the end of the school year. And as a joke, she did a multiple choice about Hemingway. What did Hemingway die of? And it was like tuberculosis, uh, shotgun to the head, syphilis. Every single person in the class, except for me and status, wrote syphilis. We were the only ones who got it right because <laughs> we'd pretty much convinced everybody that everybody died of syphilis, that every famous person died of syphilis, and they all got it wrong. My teacher was so appalled. She's like, what is wrong with these children? <laughs> and another thing I love about Suzanne, and then we're going to go move back to you. Or we could just, this could just be the Suzanne interview, and we could do the me interview next. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it'll be a two-parter. I'm going to get a few episodes out of you while you're here because it's easier for me to edit. Okay. The other thing about Suzanne that I think about often, now that I'm an older person, is that she always used to say there was a guy, I don't want to give his full name because I don't know who listens to this show, but there was a guy in our high school who was a little bit nerdy and she used to flirt with him 
I would say mercilessly just for the dramatic effect on this show. But you used to flirt with them all the time. Not in the I'm going to go out with you kind of way, but in the, oh, you're so handsome. You know, do you remember this? No. And you said to me one time, I'm like, why are you always flirting with him? And you said, you just watch. One day he's going to be totally hot. And I don't know what he looks like actually now, (laughs) but there have been so many people like that that grew up and were totally hot that I have always thought about that. Like, watch out what you do because some of these people are going to turn into really hot people. Thoughts? Very interesting philosophy, (laughs) (laughs) Kitty. Treat people nicely because they might end up being hot. (laughs) I'm not saying that. I just liked him so much. I really liked him. He was so smart. And I think he like went to MIT and stuff. So who knows what he looks like now, but I think he's probably still really smart. But, um, but back to more things we love about Suzanne. I could talk about this all day, really. Suzanne and I wrote letters to each other. And we still write letters to each other, but extremely sporadically now. Mostly my fault. I th- I'm pretty sure that yours was the last letter. I'm paying you back now for all those years you didn't write to me. But no, we did write to each other quite a lot. We started when we were 16. We lived in the same town. It was kind of silly. There was no reason for it, but we, we did. We wrote, we wrote each other letters. Not like, Katie and I wrote each other letters too, but it was a different thing. It was like these tomes. Like we'd take a notebook and we'd fill it. Whereas what Suzanne and I did was, you know, more of like a, a real, like short, you know, two or three page letter mailed the stamp. And she, even then at that <laughs> age, <laughs> was such an incredible writer. And it's so funny, you know, we... We read letters that were written by famous writers, George Sand's letters or Alfred de Musset's letters, you know, just to pick some random, totally random people. Just showing off how incredibly intelligent you are. No, it's not about how intelligent I am. It's about how obsessed we are with the film Impromptu. Oh, yeah. We've Um, talked about that. But she wrote me a letter once that had this line. Okay, I can't can't remember the entire line, actually. But I'm going to get the gist of it. I'm going to get the gist of it. It disappeared in a cloud of meaningless sonnet. No. Start over. Oh, no, I'm so mad. It, dis- it, it disappeared in a cloud of unfulfilled promises and meaningless sonnets. <laughs> what disappeared? <laughs> it disappeared. I don't, I don't think it disappeared. That, that part might not be it, but definitely in a cloud of unfulfilled promises and meaningless sonnets was in there. What age would you put her at? 17. <laughs> Okay, I'm, uh, this is my first time crying on the show with oh God, mortification. She's crying. crying with laughter. Because <laughs> unfulfilled promises and meaningless... God, I was very dramatic as a child. I was a very dramatic child. But see, what I think is funny is that I always thought... So Tiffany was, of course, you know, preparing to become an opera singer, and she was deeply into music and had no ambition to be a writer at that age, I don't no. think, unless it was secret that no. you didn't share with us, but you wouldn't have kept a secret. No. <laughs> I mean... No, my life is an open book. Exactly. Um, but I was always, you know, this is like the love episode. Of, no, um, people at home are right now are like, oh, God, shut up. <laughs> um, no, but I always thought that because Tiffany had you had such a consistent style to your writing. Like you had these beautiful sentences. They were so, I mean, Tiffany read a ton of Jane Austen and Edith Wharton, Colette. Colette. I saw that influence in your writing, in the letters, and I always thought it was so amazing. And also, I mean, 
if you were to look at our letters side by side, Tiffany's, the handwriting was so perfect. The what? lines were so, like every line was was beautiful and there were no like scratching out. I Every letter I wrote and there was like doodles in the margin and I'm trying out different voices and you know, half the time I'm using words wrong. <laughs> But Tiffany had this this totally seamless, lovely style. And so when she told me that she was working on a book and Tiffany, you were I mean, you were pretty shy about it at first, about admitting that you were actually yeah. working on a book. I wasn't surprised at all. I was just sort of delighted that finally you were doing what I always thought you should be doing. When I read the first draft of the novel, it was so fun. It was so fun because it was just like, there's my friend's voice, the voice that comes out in the letters, right? Because there is a, a, a change from when we're speaking to when we're writing. And you have this very distinctive, very ladylike, it's very refined, kind of a timeless quality to your prose at the sentence level. So I was, I was so excited when you became a writer. And I had no idea that you ever thought that because I did not ever see that in myself. So thank you. That, that really touches me. We have a title, which, you know, we talked about on the show several times and, and we got some really great suggestions from some of our listeners Yeah, uh, because I had to change the original title to something new. And uh, so the title is now for sure 100% Midnight in the Piazza, which I really like, which I, I had like a list of 15 ideas. They told me like, you can't, we, these are the words we don't want. And it was hard because some of the words were basically Beatrice which is my heroine's name, Turtle, which is, I mean, the Turtle Fountain. It's about the Turtle Fountain. And I didn't want the word mystery. Mm-hmm. Although it is a mystery, I didn't, I just felt like that was too Nancy Drew. The mystery of the, you know, the 39 The steps. old clock. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And so I didn't want the word mystery in there. And so it was, it was a big challenge and took me, I don't know, over a month of brainstorming. And I wrote a big long list and my editor really liked Midnight in the Piazza. And so... Go, let's do it. Yeah, and thank you, by the way, everybody who sent in all this. We have so many, like, great nominations, too. And we also have a cover, but I can't, I can't show it yet. But I will eventually show the cover. If you want to see the cover, then follow me on Instagram. <laughs> and follow us everywhere, because I will post it as well. Yes, exactly. It'll, it'll, at Bittersweet Pod. At Bittersweet Pod, which is the Twitter. Or you can follow me on Instagram at Tiffany Parks Rome. And it will eventually, hopefully soon, be out there. It's beautiful. It's incredible. Okay, so what we didn't talk about, I think, last week, I don't think we ever talked about it, was that the fact that you were coming to the United States in part to meet with these people about the book. Is it HarperCollins? It is HarperCollins. Okay, so can you tell us what that was like? Oh, it's like, can you believe, I can't even believe I say it, and I'm like, uh, can you pinch me, please? (laughs) Sorry, what did you say, my love? Should we leave this as a cliffhanger? I want to know what the inside of HarperCollins is like and what happened in those meetings. We should leave it as a cliffhanger. Okay. So we'll leave it there. (laughs) Spoken like a true writer, right? Mm. Especially of children's books. Okay, so this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Barks. And I'm Suzanne Morrison. Bye. The Bittersweet Life relies on your support to stay on the air, so to speak. Please consider donating and telling a friend. It's easy, and it really helps. Think of it as buying your podcast friends a coffee. Or better yet, a dinner. Just look for the word donate at thebittersweetlife.net. And while you're there, find all sorts of other cool stuff too. Like how to reach us, articles, information about our guests, pictures of us as kids, and more. Thank you for your support. And if you do donate, look for a letter in the mail. You thank us, we'll thank you back with good old-fashioned snail mail. Talk to you next week. (laughs) 